Are we good? Are we on? Hello, everybody. How you doing? Good to see you. Welcome, everybody, on social media. We were just talking here with the folks here in the sanctuary and and uh, just talking about different things. And uh, I was talking about the cell phone. I had to buy a cell phone this last week. The one I had was old, many, many years old. And and uh, so I uh, had to buy one. The company that we were with, it sold out to another company. And so my cell phone isn't going to work the end of the year. So we had to go buy, had to go buy a new one. They were running a promotion and all of that. So long story short, buy the phone. And, uh, and so <laughs> I open it up the box and there's a, uh, you know, you have a charger with a cell phone and there's a cord. And I'm asking the guy, I'm saying, where's the part to plug it into the wall? And he said, oh, that, that doesn't come. <laughs> You're going to have to pay extra for that. I'm thinking, you know, you cannot be serious. That's like going to buy a car and you buy the brand new car and they say, you say, where's the tires? Oh, uh, that's going to be extra, you know. I mean, unbelievable. I thought I was on Green Acres, you know, with Mr. Haney. Remember that? Yeah. Sell, sell Mr. Douglas a farm and Mr. Douglas says, Mr. Haney, where's the dirt? You know, he said, oh, that's going to be extra, yeah. you know. So that's how I felt. So, you know, they ought to just include, They ought, I would feel better if they just included the part where you plug the phone into the wall, just include it and charge me the extra 20 bucks as part of the price. I'd feel a lot better about it. You know, I mean, I kind of feel like, like, like a chump, you know, like they're, they're taking me to the cleaners, you know, but anyway, but what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? You, you, you know, anyway, I guess we could not have a cell phone and go back to smoke signals, you know, but anyway, all right, well there, I said it. So, all right, if you go buy a cell phone, Watch out, they, you know, you may have to pay extra for a bunch of the things you're going to need, you know. All right, hey, let's get into it here. Let's get back to studying about the kings of uh, Israel and Judah. You know, that the, the kingdom of Israel divided into the southern uh, kingdom of Judah, northern kingdom of Israel. And we've been looking at lessons from the kings. And we've been learning, I think, a lot of good lessons. And and uh, I think we're learning things about these kings that we may have never even known before. You may have not even known some of these guys existed. But uh, be that as it may, hey, I, I think we've learned a lot of good lessons and we're going to learn a lot more as we go. So let's pick up here. And if you missed any of the previous sessions, go back to our, to our archives and you can find those and uh, catch up if you missed any but let's go to uh let's go back uh to Judah last week we were, we were in Judah and uh we were there with Jehoshaphat remember we were talking about him and um uh, now let's uh, let's look at his son here uh, and we're jumping back and forth you know between Judah and Israel and so um but his son Jehoram king Jehoram uh, of the southern kingdom of Judah is the son and successor of the godly king Jehoshaphat, but but he uh, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, was one of the most wicked kings in Judah's history. Now his dad was so good, and he was so so evil. There again, just because you have a godly parent doesn't mean you're going to have a godly child, and just because you have an evil parent doesn't mean you're going to have an evil child. You know, sometimes godly produces godly, and Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes evil produces evil and sometimes it doesn't. We are the way we are ultimately because of the choice that we make. Okay. And we've said much to you about that. And uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've watched a lot of parents over the years. They get discouraged because they serve the Lord and their children uh, don't. 
and they think that they've done something wrong in raising them and whatnot. And they raised them godly and they raised them in church and they were good parents, but yet their kids aren't serving the Lord. And those parents a lot of times feel bad, you know, that they did something wrong. But, you know, you, 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 if you raised them godly and trained them up in the, in the things of the Lord, uh, you know, when if they, they have to make their own choice. And all you can do is believe that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. You know, and uh, I was sitting in the office one day and I had a couple in there and they were uh, they, they, they had pinned me down and they said, Pastor Terry, we trained our children, you know, in the things of the Lord and they, we trained them. And and the Bible says that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And they've they, they've departed from from the things of God and so on and so forth. And they had they'd pinned me down. They said, is the word true or not? And the Holy Spirit helped me right on the inside. He said, tell them their children aren't old yet. Amen. Amen. What, the Bible says when they're what? When they're old. And they were only, you know, like in their, probably in their, their mid-twenties, you know, or whatever. So they're not old yet, are they? And uh, the Bible says if you train up a child in the way he should go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Is that right? The Holy Ghost helped me out there, didn't he? <laughs> got me out of that. Got me out of that one. He'll get you out of some tough spots if you'll wait on him and listen to him, you know. But anyway, uh, Jehoram was evil. And remember, I said this last week, but it, 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 we need to say it again. Before he became king, he was married to Athaliah. Athaliah. Now, a lot of people never heard of her. But Athaliah, remember, she was the daughter of Israel's king Ahab. And presumably, her, her mother was Jezebel. Probably almost certain on that. So she was the child, Athaliah, of, of Ahab and Jezebel. And... This marriage, remember, was arranged by Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he arranged a marriage for his son for political purposes. Remember that. He wanted to strengthen relations with Israel. And so he, uh, he, he um, I guess he set up a blind date, if you will, or whatever. It was more than that. He, he arranged it as king that his son was going to marry Ahab and Jezebel's daughter, Athaliah. Now, how would you like your son to be hooked up with with Ahab and Jezebel's daughter? Uh, probably not a good thing. And, uh, and and we'll see Athaliah was every bit as wicked as her mother Jezebel. And so not a good thing for uh, for Jehoram. But Jehoshaphat arranged that. And uh, and and uh, so so they they got married. And again, she was evil and she influenced her husband, just like Jezebel influenced Ahab. Athaliah influenced Jehoram uh, to reject the Lord and practice evil. And uh, and that's just what happened. And uh, remember, any alliance between good and evil is repugnant to God. OK, and we brought that out last week. And this marriage was no exception. And the thing of it is, Jehoshaphat, he really knew better. And remember, he was warned and warned, you know, uh, you know, that, that he shouldn't be making evil alliances, you know, alliances with evil people. And, and he did that and, and the Lord warned him and he still did that. He was a very good king, Jehoshaphat, but this was one of his weaknesses, aligning with, uh, with, with wicked kings for political purposes. And, uh, and so this sin here, if you will, or this, where he missed it with this, or arranging this marriage, it didn't really affect him, Jehoshaphat, so much, but it really affected his, uh, it affected his son. And this, this woman here, Athaliah, turned him away from the things of God. So we need to realize that the things we do as parents may not affect us directly, but it, it can negatively affect our, our children. And that's what happened here. And uh, 
Early in his reign, now listen to this, early in Jehoram's reign, this is the son of Jehoshaphat, early in his reign he murdered, he murdered his six brothers. Now think about that. Have you ever wanted to kill a sibling? <laughs> you thought about it, but you didn't do it, right? Well, he thought about it and he did it. And he shouldn't have done that. That's terrible, isn't it? He had him murdered and some others that he considered rivals evil, just evil. You know, I, I shouldn't joke about murder. It's terrible what he did. He had his siblings knocked off. And, um, uh, and during his eight years as king, he reigned eight years. He abandoned the Lord and ruled sinfully, uh, just as Ahab and other kings of Israel had done. And uh, he sponsored false religions as they had. Um, but uh, it's interesting because of Jehoram's commitment to sin, especially to idolatry and murder of his brothers. Remember, he murdered off his six brothers. The prophet Elijah sent him a letter. How would you like to get a letter from Elijah? But he got a letter from Elijah. Elijah sent him a letter and stated that the Lord would strike a heavy blow against his family and that he himself would die a painful death, suffering with a severe intestinal disease that would get worse each day until his bowels came out and died. Now, you wouldn't want to read that letter from Elijah, would you? You wouldn't want that, you know. But that's what happened to him. I tell you what, it, it, I mean, the wages of sin is death. And uh, just think about his bowels came out. My gosh, that's, that's bad stuff, isn't it? And, and he died. And when he died, his son uh, Ahaziah, Ahaziah ascended to the throne. And uh, his story is filled with tragedy and wickedness. But he only reigned for one year and he was killed by Jehu, who would, was the king of Israel. And we're going to get to Jehu here in just a bit. If not today, we'll get to him next time. But a lot of some good lessons from Jehu. But Ahaziah reigned one year and Jehu from Israel, the king of Israel, uh, uh, had him uh, killed. And so no real lessons from Ahaziah. But this brings us back to Athaliah, his, uh, 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 the, the uh, wife of uh, Jehoram and the mother of Ahaziah. Let's talk a little more about Athaliah. Evil woman, very evil, and uh, the daughter of, of, of Ahab and, and, and Jezebel. And so here's the thing. After her son Ahaziah dies, guess what she does? She decides to assume the throne of Judah herself. And what she does is, is she begins murdering all of her grandsons, which would be children of her son Ahaziah. Now you talk about wicked and evil. And she has them murder her grandsons. Could you murder your grandson? Could you murder your granddaughter? Could you, could you do that? I mean, I mean, you need, we need to stop and think about how evil this woman was. She had a bloodlust for power. She wanted to be the uh, uh, she wanted to be the king actually, and she and she pulled it off for six years. She became king or queen of Judah for six years, absolutely. And she had her grandsons murdered. She had them killed. But there was one grandson who was one year old, and his name was Joash. And uh, his aunt, Jehosheba, his aunt, Jehosheba, got a hold of him and hid him. And she was married to a, a real godly, righteous man. He was a high priest, Jehodiah. 
His name was Jehodiah. And so they took Joash, little baby Joash was one years old, and they hid him so that Athaliah could not murder him because she'd have murdered him too. Okay, but they hid him. And, uh, and it's interesting here. They hid him. And uh, uh, let me just read from my notes. When Joash was seven years old, so they hid him for six years. Wow. They, they put him into hiding when he was one and they hid him for six years. So when he was seven years old, Je- Jehodiah, and he's very important, Jehodiah. All right. That, that was uh, his uncle. Okay. Uh, and, and he was a righteous, faithful high priest. And he and his wife raised um, uh, uh, Joash. And, um, but, but they hid him for six years. And when Joash was seven years old, Jehodiah, don't forget that name, very important, godly, righteous man, high priest. He brings Joash out at seven years old. He brings him out of hiding and he orchestrates a righteous coup overthrowing wicked Athaliah. She'd been reigning for six years. And he brings Joash out of hiding and puts him up there and declares him as the royal line, the bloodline, you know, of King David and, and so forth and so on. And, and he's instituted as king and, uh, and he assumes the throne. And you see what Athaliah was doing, if you really study into it, the devil was using her to murder her grandsons and what the devil was trying to do through her and she was yielding to him. You know, we can't lay it all off on the devil as terrible as he is. You got to yield to him. And she was she was wicked just in and of herself. But when you take a wicked person and they yield to the devil, you get you get you get double wicked, you know, you know what I mean? And so so she was yielding to the devil. What the devil was trying to do was was murder off and kill off the line, the, 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 the natural line through which Jesus would one day come. And, you know, the devil's been trying to do that. If you go back to the Garden of Eden all the way down, the devil's been trying before. Are we back on now? Okay. do you know where we dropped off? Not exactly. exactly. Well, let me just tell you this lesson, because this is such an important lesson that you need to get it. And, uh, And and this is it. What did Athaliah do? She accused other people of what she herself did. She was wicked, she was evil, and she was yielding to the devil on top of it. And so what she did is she she accused the righteous people here in this story of what she herself was and did. She accused other people of treason, and that is what she had done six years earlier. And, and the lesson I wanted you to get was this. When you've got wicked people, evil people, all right. Even if they don't yield themselves to the devil, but when they yield themselves to the devil, it gets worse. What they will always do, bold it, highlight it, underline it. Here's what they will always do. They will accuse righteous people of what they themselves are. Did you get that? That's a lesson you need to get. And if that drops out again, we're going to start it back up and I'm going to share it again because you need to get this lesson. Okay. Ungodly, evil people, even without the help of the devil, will do this. But when, the de- when they yield to the devil, it just gets worse. But what they will always do, 
Remember, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren, right? And what, what happens is, is they will always accuse righteous, godly people of, of doing things that they themselves are guilty of. I've watched this over the years. I've watched wicked people and they'll accuse righteous people of being thieves. And, and I know the righteous person wasn't a thief. I know for sure. There's instances I've seen dozens of these over the years. I knew the righteous person wasn't a thief. And I knew this, this wicked guy over here that was making the accusations was a thief. And what was he doing? He was accusing the righteous of what he himself was. And I've watched this again and again, you know. And, and I've watched liars do this. They'll accuse the righteous of being liars. And, and, and I know for sure, I've, I've dozens of these where I knew the righteous person wasn't lying. I knew they weren't lying. I knew they weren't lying. I knew they were telling the truth. And I knew this person over here that was this evil person that was yielding to the devil. I knew they were liars. I knew they were. I knew, I knew they were liars. I knew 100%. But, but they won't admit that they're liars, but they'll accuse this righteous person here that I know is telling the truth. They'll accuse them of being a liar. Absolutely. I've watched it and I've had it happen to me many times over the years where I've been accused of things I knew I didn't do. And I knew that person making the accusation was guilty of the very things they were accusing me or my wife of. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. The truth. Did you hear what I just said? So, so wicked, evil people, even without the help of the devil, but when the devil helps them, when they yield to the devil and he gets in on it, it gets worse. But they will always accuse righteous, innocent people of what they themselves are. Did you get what I just said? Yeah. And now here's the test though, for the righteous. Here's the test, okay? All right, we need to realize, see like when I go in to buy a cell phone, I need to realize at least where I got my cell phone, and it's a good cell phone, but I need to realize, before I go in there, I need to realize that they're gonna sell me the, the, the charging cord, the cord to charge it there. I need to know they're going to sell. They're going to sell that to me without the wall adapter. Okay. I need. I need to understand that. And if I understand that going in, I'm ready for it, and I don't. I don't lose my temper. Okay. Well, you need to realize this. Here's the test. You need to know that that evil, wicked people are going to accuse you if you're if you're righteous and walking right. You need to know going in. Okay. That they're going to accuse you of things you're not. Uh, guilty of, and they're going to accuse you of things that they themselves are. You need to know that. And here's the test that here it is. When they do that, guess what we get to do? We get to walk in love. And somebody said, uh, but we get to walk in love. Absolutely. And the Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter in the Amplified Classic, it says that, that when we're walking in love, we pay no attention to a suffered wrong. We pay no attention to a suffered wrong. So the test is when, when you're getting hit, cause I've had to live this. I, I mean, you pastor a church 27 years, you're gonna, you're gonna get, you're gonna get wally whacked with this again and again, okay? And I've, I've had to deal with it in pastoring and, and, and outside of pastoring, it just happens. And what, when it does happen, the test is, are we gonna walk in love? Are we gonna pay no attention to a suffered wrong? And what I, what we do, and the flesh, now the flesh wants to respond. 
You know what I mean? You're, I mean, you're, I mean, your flesh wants to put the boxing gloves on, and, and you know what I mean. The flesh wants to respond on on Facebook. You know what I mean. The flesh wants to get on there and start. Well, we're going to just respond point by point and take them down and blah blah blah. You know, I'm not even going to fool with that because really, that's what they want. They want to fight. That's what those people want. That when they accuse you, they want to. They want to. They want to back and forth. They want to fight. And you know what? They're not worth. They're not worth fooling with. They're just. You're. You're not going to get anywhere with them. You understand? So what you do is pay no attention to the suffered wrong. Just realize that's the way they act. That's the way they're going to do. You pay no attention to the suffered wrong. You walk in love, and then you pray for them. You pray for them. Did you hear what I just said? You pray for those who who who, who are, are are acting evil and ugly towards you. Now this your flesh doesn't want to do it, but you don't yield to your flesh. You yield to your born again spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and then then I got one other thing. You do that, and guess what? Jesus said, when somebody smites you on one cheek, what do you do? You turn to them the other also. And and that doesn't mean we're a punching bag for the world. But what that does mean is when we turn the other cheek and, and we 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 we. Refuse Refuse to put the boxing gloves on. You know what I mean? And we turn the other cheek. Guess what? The Lord will put his boxing gloves on and he'll go to battle for us. Amen. And when he goes to battle, he goes in there and he deals with those people. And, and, and when he starts starts dealing with them and punching on them, he's, he's punching on them in love, trying to get them to repent. Trying to get them to repent. Trying to get them to repent. And the Lord, the Lord is gracious and he's long suffering and, and he tries to get those accusers to repent. But I tell you what, if they don't repent and they continue to come after his children, eventually the Bible says vengeance, God says vengeance is mine. I will repay. Did you hear what I just said? And, and, and those accusers don't, they don't want, I mean, they don't want no part of God moving in there and bringing vengeance on behalf of his children. You understand? Did, did you get anything out of that today? That was worth coming to get, I think. We're going to walk in love. All right? We're going to walk in love. And uh, But anyway, so I, I think that's a good lesson that we got from an evil queen here in the Bible. But of course, then, Jehodiah, uh, he orders her death. Okay? So why did he order her death? Well, she she needed to be removed. We needed to protect that, that Davidic line. You understand that. And uh, so he ordered her death. And it was a righteous thing. It was a righteous coup. Uh, that's what that needed to be done. Uh, Jehodiah got to do that, but we get to walk in love. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, have you ever wanted to order somebody's death? Well, don't don't do it. Don't do it. But but he got to do that. But he was a righteous righteous man, and it needed to be done. She needed to be removed to protect the Davidic line, and and we've talked about that. And they put her to death. And when they did, the the the, the land of Judah rejoiced. Kind of like when Dorothy threw, threw the bucket of water on the wicked witch of the West. How many remembers that? And Dorothy thought, oh my gosh, the henchmen and all these, these flying monkeys and everybody, they're gonna, they were gonna be upset with Dorothy. How many remembers that? But once they saw that wicked witch going down, you know, I'm melting, I'm melting, what a world, what a world. How many remembers that? And so down she goes. And, and Dorothy's thinking, oh my gosh, you know, the tin man, the scarecrow and, and the lion and Toto, they're all nervous, thinking, oh my gosh, we've killed the, we've qu- killed the witch. And then the one henchman and the monkeys start jumping up and down and say, Hail to Dorothy, the wicked witch is dead. You know what I mean? And so that's what happened when Athaliah was, was, uh, was exterminated. The land rejoiced. Glory to God. And then Joash comes to the throne. It's seven years old and we're going to learn another good lesson here. He comes to the throne. 
Joash comes to the throne. And, and just if you're, if you're following real closely here and taking notes, there's going to be another king, Joash, only he's going to be over in Israel and we'll get to him eventually. You know, this is, these names are confusing enough. And we got Israel on one side, Judah on the other. And then when you get kings on both sides with the same name and then the Bible uses different names for some of them. I mean, it's, it gets confusing, but that's why you've got me, right? You know, okay. And so to try to help you through it. But, uh, but, but so Joash, this seven year old boy, now, Athaliah has been, Jehodiah orders her to be killed. She's killed. And now here's, Joash comes to the throne, throne of Judah, seven years old. Just don't get him confused with the other Joash, which we'll get to later over in Israel. But Joash, seven years old, he's on the throne. And we're going to learn a good lesson here. Good, good lesson. Look at 2 Kings 12. 2 Kings 12, verse 1. In the 17th year of Jehu, now we haven't got to him yet. We're going to go to him next if we have time. But in the seventh year of Jehu, he's a king over in Israel. We'll get to him as we go. Uh, Joash, and it's spelled differently in some Bibles, but it's uh, J-O-A-S-H. Joash becomes king. And he's seven years old. And he reigns 40 years in Jerusalem. And I think it notes his mother. And uh, notice this, Joash, verse 2, you, ought to, you need to underline this, highlight it. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, now he did, now listen, hold, listen carefully. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehodiah the priest instructed him. Now, Jehodiah, remember, he and his wife hid him for, 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 what, six years or whatever it was. And Jehodia is a high priest, he's a righteous man, and Joash is under his tutelage. Okay? Now, Joash comes to the throne, and Jehodia continues to be his mentor, his teacher, his advisor. Okay? And as long as Joash is under the tutelage of this godly, instructor, he is doing what's right in the sight of the Lord. Okay? Now that's important that you remember that. Okay? As long as he's submitted under this righteous, godly man, he's reigning well. And righteousness is prevailing. And, and actually, Jehodia, because Joash was so young, Jehodia, this, this, this man, this high priest, he was really like acting king in Judah. He was really like acting king. He was the overseer of, of Joash the king. And so Jehodia was really like acting king. You know what I mean by that? Because this boy was so small, so young. And, and Jehodia brought marvelous religious reform to Judah and righteousness was abounding. And, uh, and he, and, and Joash was reigning well under, uh, under, uh, uh, Jehodiah and, and everything was going great, but then something happened. Jehodiah dies. And, uh, look if you would at 2 Chronicles 24 verse 15. 2 Chronicles 24 verse 15 says, Jehodiah grew old and was full of days and he died. Now, I think this is significant. He was 130 years old when he died. Now, back, if you go back to the book of Genesis, back in there, you know, uh, uh, people lived, you know, four, five, six hundred years, whatever it was, 
You understand right that? You understand that? You understand that? Back in the book of Genesis, they live, you know, I think Methuselah almost made it to, uh, almost made it to a thousand, you know, and, and all of that. But then God in the Genesis six, I believe it was, he, from my study of it, he reduced the years of man down to 120. At least from my study of it. And if you go back and, and, and search out history, you see people started living less long. And much we could say about that, but, um, uh, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, Jehodiah lived past the 120, didn't he? He lived up 130. And this was in a time where people weren't living those long periods of time like back in early on in Genesis. And I think what God was doing here was keeping this man alive as long as he could. Because as long as this man was overseeing Joash, righteousness was in Judah. But after 130 years, he dies. Verse 16, they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. And this was a high honor for a priest to get buried in the tomb of the kings. But he was such a righteous man and did so much good. But look at what happens to Joash once his godly mentor is gone. Watch this. Verse 17, now after the death of Jehodiah, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king, to Joash. Now, Joash is about 32 years old at this time. Okay, so he's about 32 years old. So for 30, 32 years, somewhere in there, he's had this godly mentor right by his side. But now the godly mentor is gone. He's died. And Joash has the leaders of Judah come and bow down to him. And the king listened to them. So Joash listens to them. He's around 30 years old, give or take. And verse 18 says, Therefore they left, now this is sad, they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served wooden images and idols and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespasses. Isn't that sad? What do we learn here? We need to submit ourselves to good, godly, spiritual authority. We need to sit under good, godly, spiritual authority. And as long as Joash was sitting under good, godly, spiritual authority, he was reigning well. But once that good, godly, spiritual authority was gone, he started listening to people who were not good godly spiritual authority. And next thing you know, Joash and the people there are serving wooden images and idols instead of serving Almighty God. It's so important that people seek God and find out uh, who their pastor is and be led of the Spirit of God and let Him... You don't choose your pastor. You let God choose it. How, how do you do that? You, yeah, you go visit, visit places and whatnot, but ultimately he'll lead you with that peace versus no peace right down on the inside. And, 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 and God will identify your pastor for you. He really will. And, 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 and if God's in the middle of it, it'll be a good, godly, uh, uh, individual, a good, godly individual. And you need to sit under that, 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 that person and, and, and let them be your mentor and your tutor and your teacher and, and you understand what I'm saying? And, and uh, uh, 
and things will go well for you. But when, when Joash got out from under that, things didn't go well for him. And next thing you know, one day he's bowing down to Almighty God. Next day he's bowing down and serving a wooden image and an idol. Tell you what, if you don't have good godly spiritual authority over you, you will wind up in idolatry. You really, really will. You really, really will. You know, the Bible says, you don't have to turn there, but the book of Psalms, the first chapter, the first verse says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So I tell you what, I want to walk in the counsel of the, of the godly, don't you? I don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The Bible says, blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So let's, let's don't, let's don't listen to ungodly counsel. Let's listen to good godly counsel. And then it'll go well with us like it went well with Joash. And then notice what happens though. It gets, it gets worse. If you look at verse 19, this is 2 Chronicles 24, 19. It says, yet he sent prophets to them. So now, now here's Joash. He's, Jehodiah's dead. He's in idolatry. But look, God doesn't write him off. He's bowing down to, to these carved images and these idols. But God, this, God is so good, isn't he? He, look at this. He, yet God sent prophets to them, to, jo, to Joash and the other leaders there of Judah. God sends prophets to them. Thank God that he'll send people to us. And when God sends somebody to you to correct you, whatever you do, don't shut them out. I mean, if God really sent them. You understand what I mean? And uh, uh, I, I've, I've seen this in pastoring for 27 years as God would have me stand in the pulpit and just teach a general message that would bring correction uh, to people. Now we thank God for edi- for edification and exhortation and building people up and that's what we try to do almost all the time. But a real man of God at times will have to teach messages that bring correction and, uh, uh, and step on people's toes. And I've watched people again and again and again get mad as a wet hornet over that. Get mad and leave, not never come back. And I don't mean I called them out of a crowd and embarrassed them. I'm not going to do that. I'm talking just generally teaching. I didn't even know something was going on in their life. And I'm up teaching and it stepped on their toes and they get mad at me and leave and never come back. I'm talking about people who said that God told them to be here and, and this is their church and I'm their pastor and, and, the, and this is where God's planted them. But you teach it. You can teach 27,000 positive messages, but you teach one that steps on somebody's toes and so many will get mad and just never come back. But it's no different. That's what they did in the Old Testament. That's what they, that's what they've done for the last 2,000 years since Jesus has been raised from the dead. It's the nature of people. But don't you be that way. When God rebukes you, just be thankful that He loves you. The Bible says, Jesus says, as many as I love and rebuke, I chasten and correct. The Bible says if we're out with, without chastisement, wherewith all are partakers, then we're illegitimate, not even children of God. Uh, you start getting concerned when God's never corrected you. Now, he doesn't go around all the time, correct, 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 correct. But God will correct you at times. And don't get angry when he does. And a lot of times he'll do it. I mean, he'll do it primarily through the written word as you study the word. But he'll also use a minister of the gospel, just teaching a general message. Sometimes, I tell you what, it gets bad enough. God, I've already had to call a couple of people over 27 years in privately and talk to them. And minimal have repented, but most of them get mad and you never see them again. 
But look at what happened here. Uh, God is sending, now watch this, God is sending prophets, verse 19. God is sending prophets to them, to Joash and these other leaders, okay, to bring them back to the Lord. And they testified against them, but they what? Would not listen. No different then than it is today. They would not listen. Now watch this. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehodia. Now Jehodia, remember we just talked about him, 130 years old, he's dead. He had a son named Zechariah. Now this is not the Zechariah, this is not the minor prophet Zechariah. This is, this is another individual. He's the uh, uh, son of Jehodia, okay? And the Spirit of God came on him. And, and watch this, he stands above the people and says to them, thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Well, if you transgress the word of God, you're not going to prosper. But this is what he's saying to Joash and the people. And because you have forsaken the Lord, he's forsaken you. We've seen that again and again as we've studied through here. So watch this. So they conspired against him. Now notice. Jehodiah's son now, was Jehodiah good to Joash? Was Jehodiah good to Joash? Yeah, and now Jehodiah's dead. Joash is in idolatry. The people of Judah are in idolatry. God's sending them prophets. And now God sends them uh, Zechariah, who is Jehodiah's son. Okay, you think Joash should listen to, to, to this guy because he's the son of my mentor. You'd think he'd listen, but watch this. They conspired against him against Zechariah, and at the command of the king, they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord and killed him. Don't kill the person that God sends to help you and correct you. Don't kill him. I never kill, I never, I never kill, kill him. Well, you can kill people a lot of times with your words, so to speak. Did you know this was such a significant event that Jesus, our Lord, the Lord himself, mentioned this during his earthly ministry when he talked about the blood of righteous Abel. And then he talked about the, uh, uh, Zachariah who was st- stoned between the porch and the altar or whatnot. Je- this was such a significant event that Jesus, I don't have the reference here, I could get it for you from the New Testament, but Jesus referred to this. This was not a good thing. And, and so Joash had this, and, and, and he didn't listen to the prophets, he should have, but he certainly should have listened to this man because he's the son of his mentor. And God's trying to help him, and now he has him stoned to death. Verse 22, thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness. Oh, here's some, here's a lesson too. Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehodiah his father, this is the father of Zechariah, had done to him, but killed his son and he died. And as he died, he said, the Lord look on it and repay. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to remember the good things that God has done for us and be thankful. We need to remember the good things that people have done for us. And be thankful. And uh, I've watched this again and again in 27 years of pastoring. I've watched people be blessed and, 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 and they receive such blessing. Uh, 
from, from a certain person and there's no sign of thankfulness, no show of thankfulness. I tell you what, if you're not going to be thankful, God's going to stop blessing. Because this is something that, that motivates God. When he does something good for you and you're thankful, and, and he's going to do more. But if he does something good for you and you're not thankful, uh, he's not going to bend over backwards. Now, he's a good God, but at a certain point, he's not going to keep bending over backwards to keep blessing you. We need to be appreciative and show appreciation. Now, I tell you what, I've missed it in a lot of areas in my life, but one area I haven't missed it in hardly at all is I, you can ask my wife. I've all, always been thankful and appreciative of anything that anybody's ever done for me. I still remember men that came when my dad died at seven, when I was seven years old, he, he, he died suddenly. I still remember the men that came and took me fishing and reached out to me and helped me because my dad had passed away. I'm thankful for that. I still, I still remember, uh, there was a certain lady over at St. Louis Community College at Merrimack. She always saw to it, uh, that, that, that I had a good teaching schedule. And back then I, I needed the, I needed the money. I needed, and, and she always saw to it. She was the head of the math department at St. Louis Community College of Merrimack. And I tell you what, I, I'd march to war for that woman because she helped me. She, she always saw to it that I had a good, good teaching schedule. And there's people that have have done me good over the years and, and I haven't forgotten it. I remember it and, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for anything that God or anybody has ever done for me. I think that's one reason that the Lord's blessed me so. But I've met a lot of people over the years that aren't that way. I'm not trying to accolade myself. It's just one area I've been, I've done pretty good and I've messed up in a lot of other areas. But I tell you what, we need to be thankful we need to be th- I, I, in this church. I'm thankful for anything anybody's ever done here over the many, many years. Just thankful, 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 thankful. And uh, and that's the way we need to be. But but you need to realize most people, I say most, a lot of people, put it that way, aren't. And you can do them good. I tell you what, we this I know in my own life, we've helped so many people over the years. Help them, help them, help them, help them in many different ways. Help them financially. You know, they're about to lose their house. We make a house payment for them. They're about to lose their car. We make a car payment for them. We do, you know, they, they need food. We buy them food. You know, they're going to have their electric shut off. We we pay their electric bill. I'm talking about people that attend, attend here regularly. And, 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 and just on a whim, they're gone and, and, uh, and, and never see them again. Don't even say goodbye, leave. And some of them, we've had a few of them turn around and try to do us harm. Now, now I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But you know what? There's the test. We get to walk in love, don't we? And I've done that as best as I, I can, me and my wife. I don't know how they're doing, but I know the Lord's blessed me and my wife. So bless God. Let's pass the test and God will bless. What do you say? Is that right? Amen. But uh, but people aren't really any different today than they've ever been. And that's the way they've uh, that's the way they did. Zechariah. he obeyed God. Spirit of God came on him, said what the Holy Ghost told him to say. And next thing you know, he's stoned to death laying there. And uh, and Joash did not remember. I'm going to read again. Verse 22. Joash, the king, did not remember the kindness which Jehodiah, the father of Zechariah, had done to him, but killed his son. That's very, very sad. And to conclude here, uh, and it's, this is in your reading, if you're reading First uh, and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you'll see it, and you can read on in Second Chronicles 24 and so forth and on, on on down. God brought judgment on Joash because of this. I said God brought judgment on Joash because of this. He set himself up for it, didn't he? 
and uh, and and it didn't end Wendell. It didn't end, it didn't end well. I'm I'm lisdexic, right? No, disl- no, I'm not. I'm joking. It did not end well. I got my tongue tangled there. It did not end well for Joash. I said it didn't end well for him. Now people say, did he go to heaven or did he go to hell? Or Well, in that day, back in the Old Testament, when people died, there was hell, all right. There's a burning side of hell. That's still in existence today. But there was paradise or Abraham's bosom. When, when, when believers died in the Old Testament, uh, 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 believers on the Lord, you get saved in the Old Testament just the same way you get saved here in the New Testament by looking, looking at Calvary, what Jesus did at Calvary. They looked forward to Calvary and, what, and the Messiah coming, Jesus. We look backward, but it's what Jesus did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. But, uh, but in the Old, Old Testament, when, uh, when, now it's the same today as it was in the Old Testament. When sinners die, unbelievers, they go into a burning pit. Don't want to go there. You understand that. But in the Old Testament, when 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 righteous people, people who had faith in God, when and the coming Messiah, when they died, uh, you see, when we die here in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, we go up. I said we go up. But in the Old Covenant, they went into what's known as Paradise or Abraham's bosom. You know. Now, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he shut that down and let all the spirits of the uh, righteous people in there up to heaven. Now, you can say Amen to that, can't you? But but here's the here's the point. When Joash died, and this is, this is a question I have for a lot of these kings. When Joash died, did he go into the burning side of hell? Or did he go into paradise or Abraham's bosom? And, and, and I'm going to say this. I can't answer that question. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, here's a man that was, was a believer and did well, but then Je- Jehodiah died and now he's... He's, uh, he's worshiping idols and having Zechariah killed. So at one part, point in his life, he's a believer, apparently. Another part, part, he's not. We see this again and again with these kings. They did good, they did evil. When they die, where do they go? I'm not prepared to answer that question. That's not my decision to make. That's above my pay grade. That's up to God. I'm glad that's up to God and not me. If he repented, that's that's different. Then it's an easy question. Then he 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 made paradise. I tell you what, I've been to many funerals over the years, the body laying in the casket, and somebody will ask, I wonder if that person was saved. And people start scratching their head. It's not a good thing when somebody is laying in the casket. And the question is asked, I wonder if they were saved and people are scratching their head. That's not a good thing. You know, scratching their head wondering. I don't want people wondering where I went. <laughs> you know, because when they're scratching, well, we got to wonder, that's not a good thing. I said, if you got to wonder, that's not a good thing. I know what the Spirit of God said to me many years ago when I was pondering these things. I was pondering Ananias and Sapphira. You know, they lied to the Holy Ghost, fell dead in church. I was pondering the man in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, who had, was having uh, sexual relations with his, with his stepmother. And, of course, we know he repented so that he got forgiven and he went, he went to heaven. But from all we know, but what if he'd have died before he repented? And what about the prodigal son? What if he'd have died in the pig pen before he repented? Now, he repented and came back. Thank God he did. So he, he, he made it. 
But what if he'd have died in the pig pen? And so these questions are beyond my pay grade. It's up to God, but I'll say this. I know what the Holy Ghost said to me. There's a dangerous place to die. And so let's be sure we don't die in that dangerous place. Let's repent of our sins, place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in Him and live for Him, and then we'll be okay. If we miss it somewhere along the way, repent. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, praise God. Somebody said, well, what if there's something in my life that I, that's wrong, that I don't know it's there? Well, if you don't know it's there, here i got good news for you. According to 1 John, if you're walking in fellowship with the Lord, the glory to God, the blood of His Son automatically cleanses that. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But let's just don't die in a dangerous place. And I say Joash, from what I see, he died in a dangerous place. Do you get anything out of this today? I tell you what, I'm going to unhook right here. We'll pick up next week with Jehu. And I tell you what, that's going to be something when we start talking about Jehu. I tell you what. Anyway, hey, if you're out there today and uh, and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to uh, say this to you. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. And the only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so uh, cry out to him. Call out to him. And uh, he'll save you. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And now, you know, I just feel impressed to say this right before we sign off. Uh, I, I met a friend of mine from high school last Sunday and hadn't seen him in 40 years. And we spent, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes talking. And, and I'm saying this not to, not to boast me, but just to encourage everybody. Let's be sure we're always telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in high school, I was very bold and I, and I told people about the Lord. Everywhere I went in high school, in 11th and 12th grade, I told people about Jesus, told people about Jesus, told people about Jesus. And in fact, my mother, the only time she was called to school because of my behavior was she got called up there and they, they, I wasn't talking in class or I wasn't throwing spitballs or anything. I was preaching the gospel and she got called in and the principal said, tell him to tone it down. He can't be preaching the gospel. So if you're going to get your mom called in on your behavior, that's, there's worse things to get, get, or to get called up about. But, but, but so I did, I was bold in high school. I tell people about the Lord and this guy told me, he said, uh, I hadn't seen him in 40 years. Wonderful individual. He said, Terry, he said, he said, uh, and, and I, I, in fact, I'd forgot all about him. I, he, he contacted me on Facebook so, some months back. And anyway, but we were, we were talking and he said to me, he said, uh, he said, you, you, you were bold in preaching about the Lord. And he said, you planted seeds in me in high school. And he said, years later, some years later, he said, because of those seeds, he said, I got saved. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? And, and, and he said, it, it, and in part, it led to the, much of his family getting saved. Isn't that wonderful? What an encouragement that was to me. So I say that to encourage all of us. Let's always be spreading seeds. Even if it looks like people uh, aren't receiving. And he told me, he said, in high school, I didn't receive it. But he said, you planted seeds. And later in college, he said, because of those seeds, I got saved. So let's always be soul winners and telling people about Jesus. And as long as I'm in front of this camera here, glory to God, I'm going to close up every message giving people a chance to receive Jesus Christ. Because there is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun, right? Amen. And he will make your life worth living in the meantime. Did you get anything out of this today? Well, hey, God bless you. Bye-bye.